Hello, and welcome to Stride and Saunter, episode 159. I'm Kip Clark, and joining me in the studio today, we have a returning guest, Mark Ashen. Hello, Kip. And I'm very grateful to have you here to discuss an acting exercise that I introduced to you a few months ago. To explain a bit to the audience, and we are going to demonstrate, both Mark and I have some experience in theater, which may have made you, Mark, a bit more open to this exercise than perhaps the average person. Of course, I should also clarify that you are pursuing work and a lifestyle in the theater in ways I am not. But I first heard of this exercise in an improv group, and we referred to it as the Yes Game, which very simply stated involves one person talking about something they love, and the other simply affirming, not saying anything additional, not adding any commentary, really just saying yes, or perhaps some variations of it. And Mark, as you and I had discussed before this, I'd really love to demonstrate for the audience, and I'm going to try and work with the sound here. So would you mind telling me about something that you really love? Yeah, I love driving. Yes. I love going yes. on a really long drive yes. and listening to music or yes. listening to an audiobook or yes. a podcast. Yes. Um, my favorite thing in the world is to drive to my college. Yes. Yes. Uh, and passing all the landmarks yes. and rolling hills and coasting yes. in my Prius down a long hill and yes. getting my mile per gallon up. Yes. I just, it is the most amazing thing in the whole world. It yes. just feels so powerful. Like you're so yes. freeing. You can go wherever you want to yes. go. Yes. This country is so huge. And if you're in a car, you can just yes. master it. Yes. And it is utterly enthralling. Yeah. I, I love it yes. to death. And I'd like to thank the audience for humoring us there. Hopefully that demonstration gives you a clear idea of what the exercise is. And Mark, there's a lot I want to unpack with you in this conversation. But to start, I introduced this exercise to you to energize the two of us in the middle of a previous podcast recording session to break things up a little bit and refresh our energy. And I'd love to know what some of your first thoughts were. It was definitely odd to do in just the middle of a hallway because firstly, you rarely just get to spew about something you love. And actually, I find the hardest part of this game is finding something to just talk about because I love so many things. But when can you just go on and on and on and on about something? But perhaps what's odder is having someone in the middle of you spewing saying yes, 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 and affirming that that love is valid. So I was a little bit taken aback. But like you said, because I'm an actor, I'm used to that mentality of saying yes and just going with something because that's kind of the bedrock of any good scene is one person putting something out and another person taking that and saying, yeah, I love that. Let me work off that and do something else. So in some ways, I am used to that mentality, but to have it be just between two friends and have it be about a personal thing in your own life and to have someone say yes just to say yes and just to be as excited about something as you are, it was weird at first. And I think very understandably so. I remember after first being introduced to this exercise myself, how intrigued I was by it and how jubilant I felt after playing it both as the recipient of affirmation and also as the speaker. And I also remember in initially playing this game how odd it sounded to hear constant affirmation and that literally that noise felt out of place. 
And one of the first realms that my mind went to in hearing that was a sexual space where I associated a lot of that verbal and consistent affirmation with sexual activity between two consenting partners, which on a microscopic level says a great deal about me and I would contend about our society that I do think, as you said, it feels weird at first to affirm that positivity in someone else. And the skeptics within us might say, well, why need I affirm something so trivial? But I think more optimistic or positive people would point to the fact that it's really beautiful and on some level self-serving to affirm someone else's love and to see how much joy you can bring them by simply being present for their joy and sharing a single word. You don't need to have a complex argument. You just need to be there. And I've observed that there is something profoundly human in that experience, which might be, again, why my mind initially went to a sexual realm, which could also be considered a very primordial and human experience for many of us. Yeah, I think part of the weirdness of this game, if I can be a little bit crass, is the same skepticism that can occur in that sexual realm in that, is that person faking it? Is this person really saying yes? Why is this person so excited about this? I don't actually know if you like driving. I have no idea. I know that you were as excited about it as I got, but I can't really know. This game is really based on trust that you are actually excited about what I'm excited about in the same way that hopefully a consenting sexual experience is a trusting one and you can trust that affirmation. But I think the reason that many people might be averse to this game is that it requires a lot of trust that the human connection that you are creating and the excitement you're creating as two people is real. And at the risk of sounding overly excited in a conversation about a very enthusiastic experience, that dovetails beautifully with one of my most distinct experiences in playing and observing this game. Because as an older member of an improv troupe, we had recently welcomed a few newer members, and one of them, after playing this game for the first time, expressed how peculiar it felt and how out of place, and a senior member of the group chastised him for not playing along and being more excited, which I remember hearing and immediately thinking, okay, but you can't force sincerity, and ideally in this game you want the other person to be sincerely excited about what you are excited about, but I realized in that moment that in many ways this game essentially has nothing to do with what the other person is talking about. For example, Mark, you could have been talking about chickens or clouds or the political system or paper cuts or earlobes, and it wouldn't matter because ultimately it's about the relationship you have with the person across from you. And I remember thinking that although we were playing this game in an improv setting, we were not characters, we were ourselves. And that might have been a point of added vulnerability for this new member. And I had the thought that, well, of course, he doesn't have relationships with any of us yet, so it might be unfair to expect excitement from him when he doesn't know the people he's supposed to be excited for. And what I find so rewarding about the game is that in this case, Mark, I also love driving, so it was great to see what elements of driving you find exciting 
and to vicariously experience some of your excitement for a pastime that I also enjoy, but had you chosen to talk about clouds or earlobes or anything else, I think the game really excels at promoting empathy. If you had chosen to talk about something with which I have no experience whatsoever, if all I do is listen and say yes, I can encourage you to open up more and more about a topic that I can learn a great deal about through your enthusiasm and arguably the most important parts of that subject or topic because in your enthusiasm, you're probably not going to share the negative elements of that experience or that item. And I find that to be really exciting on a profound level. Yeah, that word you used, listening, is the key to this game. Because while it's true that what the other person is saying doesn't really matter, it also matters a great deal. Because you can't just go, yes, 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 on a rhythm or something. Because that's cheating. That's faking it. That's not developing trust and not developing a relationship. You have to listen to what the other person's saying and the energy that they're giving, the words, and how excited they get because of it and feed off of that. So someone's like, I love lobster. You're like, yeah, yes. You just get fed by that love that someone's got, which is a very hard thing to do because you can feel like you're faking it even if you're trying your hardest to not. You can default to just saying yes because that's the name of the game. But really the point and the beauty of the game comes from fully listening to what the other person's saying, what they're doing, and letting that trigger the yes and how excited and beautiful it can be. And I think trigger is an exceptional word to use in this game because a slightly amended version of it involves partners switching off in this game. And so eventually I might have interrupted you to say, right, and those rolling hills that you talked about, Mark, I love running over the top of a hill and seeing what's on the other side. I think that's so great. And going on and on about hills, which you would then be expected to affirm in me. And so in that version of this game, I think it's beautiful to see how positivity can be triggered because people being social, I think, have great potential to enjoy moments like that where our passions, hobbies, and specific loves might be perpendicular, but in that they are all perceived by human beings, they are simultaneously parallel. And I think it's so important to try and find those connections and at the very least, even if you are never inspired by someone else's love, to give them the chance to express it and to listen to what they have to say because people are often the most honest when they're talking about what they love. And if anything, honest in a way that they may not even control, that it's not a mental or verbal process, but passion itself is driving their speech and in some senses commanding them to step forward with a sincerity that resonates so thoroughly. And I have such positive memories of this game for that reason. When I was thinking about this game, it came to my mind that we do it all the time. Me and my friend the other day freaked out about a movie we went to go see. We walked out and we were talking about, oh my god, this scene. Yes, that scene was amazing. Oh my god. We were playing this game and one-upping each other, but that's because we had a mutual experience and a mutual love of a thing. And we also have a very deep, profound relationship already where we love each other and it's easy to fall into that trust. I would argue that this game is perhaps its most powerful with people who don't really know each other and are asking to develop that close sense of trust out of nothing and don't know whether the other person loves what they love 
And I also think it's an interesting exercise to pick something that isn't the closest to your own heart. Something like almonds. I mean, I like almonds, but I think it's interesting if I were to play this game to, to say, oh, I love almonds. Almonds are so, when they crunch in your mouth and the taste and you can make butter out of them and milk. And to go on like that and find the love in something that you don't necessarily love and then have the other person find that same love or enthusiasm or intensity or whatever is triggered by this game and just go with it and see where it takes you. I'm so happy that you brought up the example of sharing this game with a stranger or a newfound acquaintance, because in many ways, that's one of the best introductions you could possibly have to hear someone speak, hopefully genuinely, about something that draws out positivity and love from within them. And to your point about almonds or something else that might seem relatively surface level or arbitrary, what I've found in this game as someone who wants to be more grateful for all of the things in his life, is that it's made me appreciate the little details and the elements of my life that I probably do take for granted. For example, how enjoyable is a nice warm towel after a shower or perhaps coming inside from a cold rain? Or conversely, how nice is it to wake up to news that work or school is canceled so you have the day to yourself and you can stay in bed and sleep a little bit more? I think there's a lot that may not happen for us in our daily lives, but is a part of frequent human experiences that we might not always point to. And it's also interesting to me that you mentioned movies and, of course, the film industry, because I think a lot of our lives in media revolved around spectacle and some things we might never experience, some super heroic feats that we might never enjoy or experience because that's not how our bodies, minds, or world work. And while I recognize and indeed personally indulge in the joy of fantasizing about other worlds and experiences we won't have, I think it's really valuable to actually take stock of one's life and the ordinary experiences that are in many ways spectacular. And that's what I think this game often guides the players, if you will, to take part in. And if any listeners are going to play this game, I would challenge them, if they encounter something that they don't love, for example, dancing, I personally love dancing, but I have a lot of friends who really do not, and we argue about it all the time. If I were to play this game with them, it's a challenge for them to agree that they love dancing. But imagine how cool it is if they go with it and they just accept that I love it unconditionally and how I can trust that even though I know they don't love dancing, they're still jazzed about the fact that I do. So my challenge in a more succinct way is say yes to the things that you feel like you shouldn't within limits. Use your discretion. But if your partner is describing something that they love that you, for whatever reason, don't have a relationship or have a somewhat negative relationship to, see what happens if you say yes with it. I wonder, Kip, if our enthusiasm for this game and the reason that you brought it to me and you bring it to so many people is because you feel like there is a lack of yes in our culture or our society or what have you, and that this is a tiny little antidote or challenge to that or whether you feel like this enthusiasm and affirmation is around us, this is just a way to channel it into a tangible, concrete, real experience. 
Well, I think in many ways you're on to something, and I do feel that we live in a largely negative culture, which is not to say, as you had pointed out, that you should say yes to everything, but I've experienced that saying no to a lot of things not only closes those doors, but breeds a general atmosphere of being closed off to ideas and experiences, and I think eventually, possibly as a force of habit, you stop feeling comfortable saying yes to new ideas or new opportunities. And certainly there is a balance in life of risks that you should or should not take, but I do feel like largely cultural influences tell us to take fewer and fewer risks. And to me, the yes game is a reminder that some of the risks we perceive aren't necessarily real. For example, a lot of us do not openly talk about what we love, the passions we have, the artistic pursuits we want to follow, but to me, this game demonstrates that the passion you have for something may be reciprocated by someone else, and if not that, may inspire them to be more open about their loves and joys in life. And I think so many of us have that unspoken perception that there are certain things we can't talk about But to me, this game is a fundamental reminder of a lot of our shared humanity and what actually links us together. And one of those things in my mind being that genuine enthusiasm is contagious and exciting and so reinvigorating that often hours after playing this game, I'm still thinking about what a great experience I had. And of course, after all that we've said, what would you like the listeners to think about after listening to this conversation? I'd point to my challenge from earlier to try this game, know that it's weird and feels unnatural and like you're putting something on, but to just trust it and trust the person you're with and just go for it. Even if it's with a stranger or with an acquaintance or your coworker, just go for it and say yes with as much enthusiasm as you possibly can, even and especially if the thing the person is talking about isn't something you hold dear. Because in a way, I think... We are all just trying to find someone who will say yes to the stuff that we love. And perhaps the rules of this game can feel prescribed and not real. But I found if you just go for it and trust it, at a certain point, the enthusiasm on both ends is real. I really love that. And I actually don't have a ton to add. I too would encourage people to play this game, whether with close friends or potentially newer acquaintances. But additionally... I think it's a really rewarding experience to observe this game being played and to see what you might notice in how other people orient themselves towards positivity and what specifically they do or say as they are being affirmed or as they are speaking. And of course, Mark, I'd really like to thank you for coming on and talking about this. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me again. I love coming here. Well, as always, it's a pleasure. But of course, we want this to be a conversation among, not simply a conversation between. So for those of you listening, we'd really love to hear what you think and what opinions or feedback you might have. If you'd like to connect with us, you can find us on Twitter or on Facebook. You can also email us via strideandsaunter at gmail.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, consider sharing it with someone you know, as well as subscribing to the show. And as always, we thank you very much for listening, and from thought to word and voice to ear, this is Kip Clark, signing off.